management, leadership. If you're all about that, I know that you're ready for the leaderish podcast. Hey, change your mindset because it is vital. Remembering the leader is not all about a title. It's about helping others level up, get their best. Talking about the skills, time to focus, time to represent. Hey, Dr. Brandy, break it down just like that. Time to tune in to the leaderish podcast. Hey, let's go. The Leaderish Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Leaderish Podcast. This is the first time ever where I have had to do a part two because an episode got so good. So in this episode, you're actually going to be jumping right in to the second half of the conversation that Dr. Darius and I were having about setting boundaries, how to say no, standing up for yourself as a leader. So if you have not listened to the part one of this episode, go back, listen to that first, and then come back to this one. All right, guys, let's get back into the discussion. Enjoy. Hold on. Get the domain. Hold on. Reparent you. <laughs> wow. Yeah. How how can you now, once you recognize that, okay. how can you reparent you now? How can you take responsibility for your own formation? You you are responsible for, for the home you grew up in and what you did and didn't get. And that formed you. But you are responsible for your formation now. And so the people that broke you are not coming back to fix you. Um, so your that, that brokenness is not your fault, but fixing it is is your responsibility. And so I think it's important, Dr. Brandon, to see that parental um, link, but we can't yeah. live there. We can't live there. Yeah. Oh, so good. I'm so done after that because that's a whole nother show as well. Like, <laughs> reparent you. That is so that's deep. And I think that I love the fact that you acknowledge that. Hey, let's sure. Let's reflect. Let's do the but let's acknowledge that we can't get stuck there. Number one. And then number two, that it's your responsibility now. You know, yeah. because this this gets very because at the end of the day, I think how we manage conflict, how we manage our emotional competence, how we set boundaries. You said this earlier. Don't you want a better life? Like the purpose of all of this is not just, <laughs> you know, like an exercise like, oh, I'm like a great boundary setter. Like, no, when you do those types of things, it has a significant positive impact on your life, your ability to run your company, your organization, your team, your soccer team, like whatever it is um, as a household. You may not be formally employed somewhere, but you're a full time parent and boundaries are important even yeah. even there. And so, you know, when you think about pushing through to the next level, you know, there are people that are stuck in a perpetual state of stress. You mentioned wellness. They are stuck in a perpetual psychological and emotional mm -hmm. state of distress, mm -hmm. all dis-ease all of the time. That's become their norm. And so when we're pivoting, when we're turning the corner, when we're being self-reflective, taking that responsibility is is critical to being able to like move forward, like for sure. So that's yes. So we have to, okay, it's our responsibility. Okay. okay. <laughs> well, listen, I'm, I'm a coach, right? So I'm not a counselor. So the counselor may stay there a while and they may need to stay there. Right. But, but for me, I'm like, okay, once we've identified that we, we can't yeah. get stuck there. We gotta, we gotta do something about it. Love it. Okay. Two more kind of things I, I want to do and we're going to wrap up first. 
you know, I want to, for those people, because I can feel it, I can sense it in the atmosphere that are saying, oh, here we go. We're listening to Dr. Darius Daniels and Dr. Brandy talk about all these strategies and this and that. But I know, at least for me, I can't speak for you, but I know that I didn't start off. I haven't always been um, emotionally competent <laughs> at all. Com you know, my conflict competence setting bound, I have not always been that way. So I would love for both of us to kind of share a little bit of our story um, and, and our progression, you know, in the context of the things that we're teaching on today, because I think there's something to be said for, you know, experts, coaches, thought leaders that have book smarts and have learned through the academy and, and those who have applied and are kind of living, breathing examples of what they teach and of what they preach, no pun intended, since you're a pastor as well. But can you just share, you know, any type of, you know, part of your journey where you had a critical turning point where you significantly up leveled your emotional confidence, where you decided to maybe set more boundaries or just anything around what we're talking today that can help people, you know, bring us back down and kind of hear what that process is like, what the, the things that triggered you so that they can kind of connect. And I'll share, maybe I'll figure out something to share as well. Sure. All good. Yeah. So, yeah. So for me, it goes back to, uh, and I've really, I started telling this story recently, but it goes back to 2014. I had an anxiety attack. So I've never had a history of anxiety. I mean, uh, thank God I hadn't had an attack since then, but yeah, I was just, uh, I mean, I was working, I was overextended. Uh, I was a boundaryless leader. I think I, I was, uh, and, and I think for me, my lack of boundaries probably had several different sources. So one of them, I think, was definitely <laughs> one of them was definitely people pleasing. Then here's the other one, man. And I think people I don't know if we talk about this a lot. I think I had like some unconscious uh, success guilt. And it's almost like I was kind of so grateful to be where I was and to be doing what I was able to do that it's almost like I felt like I had this obligation to just help any and everybody you know, with, with little vetting, with little qualifying, with whatever, <laughs> helping everybody um, like become the best version of themselves. And so anyway, it's just like a boundaryless life. And so um, long story short, I think that that anxiety attack was one of the greatest gifts that's ever been given to me because it forced me to do some looking and ask myself like, yo, how did I get here? So me diving into this was not a matter of like me learning this. It wasn't a result of me trying to do anything professionally. This was like my interest in this was like my case study on what was going on with me and my commitment to say, yo, I can't keep living like this because everybody looking at me on the outside and it looks like I'm winning. Um, but like on the inside, I got a life I don't like. I feel overwhelmed. I feel under optimized. And uh, the thing that that I feel like used to it used to give me delight. It, it felt like a duty. So that's when I man, I just leaned in. I did the work. I read. I went to counselor. I went to uh, well, a count. I found a great counselor and worked with him. I went to in, intensives and retreats and I did the work, man. I wanted a quantum leap because in my mind, you know, sometimes people say it's going to take you four years. It's like, yo, it takes you four years because you start and stop. You start and stop. You start and stop. It's not taking me four years because I'm going to lock in for a shorter period of time and get it done. And uh, yeah, so 
That's that's kind of my love story. That. Love that. Love that. Yeah, I, I think there was. I have some similar themes with with my story. I I I was raised and groomed as this overachiever you know, get good grades. And I was the president of the student government and the, you know, um, on the track team and in the orchestra and like all of this stuff. And I think went off to college and did the same thing, got the bachelor's, got the master's, got the PhD, did that before I was 30 mm -hmm. and graduated feeling pretty empty, right? Like, yeah. like the highlight of my friend's you know, conversation when they would introduce me to others was, oh, this, this is my friend Brandy. Like she's getting her PhD, you know, like she's getting like er everyone was using, oh, she's starting her business. Oh, she's an entrepreneur, you know, everything from family to friends to my network, everyone was looking at those external success factors and like, oh, everything is great. And same thing. I felt I tell people I struggle from something called perfection. I'm actually going to come out of a, a book called mm -hmm. Perfection. But I know as women sometimes too, we we make everything look perfect on the outside and and it's not on the inside. You know, we we the world tells us that your degree and all of these things make you a success. And I still felt pretty empty. Um, and education was not the thing, you know, the great equalizer, the thing that's going to no, know it wasn't. I, I had all the degrees you can possibly get and still was pretty much feeling like a failure, like I wasn't a success. But what I realized was that um, my identity, you know, I, I had a mother who raised me that, you know, it was iron sharpens iron, you know, whatever I could do, you could do better, you could do better, you can do better. And I think, you know, tweak it a little bit, adjust that. But what that did just subconsciously was it sent the message that to me that whatever I did actually was not good enough. Right. Because everything you do is you do a little bit better, a little bit better. So I kind of internalized that, got real weird, became this overachiever and still felt empty at the end. So similar to what you said. Now, how I changed and pivoted was I had an identity in helping everybody else. So, oh, you know, I'm the smartest one in my group. I'm not I'm not never going to be around some people that's smarter than me. Trust. I'm going to be the one with the most degrees, the most this career. And I, I accumulated people around me to. Um, validate my insecurity that I didn't even know I had super deep. But anyway, long story short, yeah, one too many times my phone's going off and people need something from me. And I had a little bit of a breakdown and honestly couldn't call anybody. There were a lot of people because I created a network and a life where because of my insecurities, I, I wanted people around me that needed me. And so I shedded friends or I started setting boundaries. And then when people couldn't have access to me to help them with whatever it is they need to be, have help, you know, everyone disappeared pretty yeah. much. <laughs> and I was able to reestablish relationships um, from scratch, being purposeful, same thing. So it's the overwhelm. It's like that, that overwhelm of just like that little breakdown that makes you like reconsider things. And now I value boundaries and I, I love and honor when people do the same for me. Instead of brownie, I'm not offended at all. Absolutely. Yeah. The lead, you know what I'm saying? Like mutually beneficial. So um, thank you for sharing that. Okay. Last thing to wrap up. I thought, how about we do a role play? How about we finish with a role play? Let's say, you know, um, I, I don't know. I can be the person. I'm, I'll be the bad manager. I'll be the bad leader. And let's say it is the scenario that I was using earlier of the leader, the manager that's over delegating that's dumping work that just doesn't have a sense for or maybe doesn't care um 
about what they're dumping on you. And you are that emotionally competent because you you listen to the Leaders Podcast person and you're trying <laughs> your skills. Let's just off the dome, improv and talk through that meeting that you would maybe initiate with, with me, your manager, and let's just flow through it and talk through it. And, and we'll wrap up after that. We'll debrief and then and wrap up on that note. Is that okay? Yeah, hundred percent. So the, the, one of the first things I want to say real quick before we jump into this is like, what I'm going to, what we're going to like demonstrate here is kind of a strategy, which doesn't really, which isn't first. It's kind of like putting a car before the horse. The standard is first. Like if you don't personally have a standard, you won't be able to implement a strategy like and uh, and so my mentor teaches us that a standard is not a standard if you won't suffer for it you know <laughs> and so i think that's what that is what gives you the courage to have these conversations because these conversations they can be hard to have especially if you're having them with a superior so um i want to throw that out there that your life and your mental health and your spiritual health and your relational health and your work environment, listen, that is worth more than any promotion, favor in anybody else's eyes. And you're costing yourself more long-term continuing not to say something than you are um, by, by saying something. So anyway, I wanted to, I wanted to throw Come that through a disclaimer. I'm here for the disclaimer. <laughs> I like it. I think that that just um, is going to be a good foundation and a lens for people to put on um, as we go through. Okay. So- yeah. Have you called me in for a meeting or have I called you in for a meeting? How does this start? How do we initiate the conversation? Or, or you know what? I'm going to start by giving you yet something else to do. How about that? Yep. Yeah, that, that's probably a more realistic scenario. Okay. Okay. Uh, okay. So, and see. Mm, okay. Hey, Dr. Darius, um, really quickly, I know that it is Friday morning, um, but I really have to um, ask that I can pull you in on this project. I need to get the TPS reports in by 4 p.m. today. Um, so if you can just drop what you're doing to get that done, uh, that would be great. Thank you. Brandy, listen, I would absolutely love to come in and be a part and work on this project. But I know this, obviously, if you're calling me in, this project matters a lot to you and uh, it matters a lot to me also. And so I would never want to put you in a position where I felt like I couldn't give to you my best and my best self when it comes to this project. And right now, I just have absolutely no bandwidth at all to to be able to do it. And it, it really makes me uncomfortable saying this. I feel nervous. I don't want to disappoint you. I don't want you to feel like I'm not committed or I'm not managing my time wisely. Honestly, I feel like I kind of been feeling a little overwhelmed for a while now. And I know um, everything's not predictable in a work environment like this. I know this is a high pace and a high stress environment. Yet I feel like I am at a place with my kind of emotional well-being and like my, with my professional limits that if we could make just a couple of adjustments, I think I'll be able to be better for you and I'll be able to be better for the company. I just feel like right now my workload is just unmanageable for me. And as a result, I don't think it's good for the for the company. And I, and I don't want my, my performance to be a reflection of that. 
So um, if it's possible, can we talk through maybe some some adjustments that we can make that um, I think might work out better for all of us? Well, first of all, thank you for sharing. Thank you for sharing that. And, you know, um, I just want to just, you know, remind you that we we hired you and we let you know what the pace of our company was going to be. We let you know that we're a fast growth startup. Um, and so while I empathize with you for for that piece um, and sharing, you know, your wellness and all of that, I get that, you know, that's something that you should have already communicated to me before. So, you know, I'm, I'm asking you to kind of for a tight deadline on something that we really need done today. And then all of a sudden I'm hearing all of this stuff that's been going on and where you are with your workload. So I'm I'm a little bit taken aback, quite frankly. Um, you're not disappointing me at all or anything like that. But, you know, my number one goal, like I need that report done. So. Um, when you say, can we talk about, you know, other adjustments or accommodations or whatever, what, what's, what are you saying here? Cause I, I need to figure out how to, what I need to do. Cause they're, they're on me about this thing for four o'clock. Yeah. They gave it to me to do, but I'm, I'm overwhelmed myself. So I, I, I figured I can get some help from you. You know, thank you for sharing that. I think you, you, you're right. You're exactly right. It was clearly communicated to me when I came on board about the pace that we were a fast growth startup and you are 100% right there. And I acknowledge that. I just also feel like it was also communicated to me what I would be responsible for and what I would not be responsible for. And I have attempted to the best of my ability not only be responsible for what I'm responsible for, but also when I have been needed in other places and pulled into other projects, I've attempted to, to do that as well. And what I found is it seems like me doing so much of that is impacting my ability to do the things I was actually hired to do. And that is what's contributing to whatever I mentioned to you emotionally is because I care about doing this right and doing mm. what I was hired to do. And this is affecting my ability to do that. You know what? N now that you said it that way, I do. First of all, I do want to acknowledge that you have been so adaptable while you've been here. We have pulled you in on many other projects. And to my knowledge, you've knocked it out the park and you have been willing and open for that so i because I, I hear you i hear what you're saying so um i just thank you now that i kind of heard you say it, it again um i, I want to make sure that you know that we value you here um and i hear that and so what i'm hearing is that you know we probably need to sit down maybe and maybe you can you know i've been running so fast ripping and running and just you know with the pace of everything so uh, maybe we can look at a snapshot of what you have been working on how you're, what products you're on and do a little bit of a better job so that, you know, I'm, I'm not contributing to you negatively contributing to maybe your, your wellness or anything like that um, with these last minute things. And then what I would ask, let me, let me ask you, you know, if that seems okay with you, maybe next week we can do that. And then let me also ask you um, if you would be open to, you know, when you see 
that you're maybe 80% at capacity, that maybe you can just communicate with me so that I know that you're already kind of there and I can be more mindful of not just adding more things to your plate, or at least I can have a sense for that. Because one of the things that I realize is because you're, you keep your head down, you work, you know, I, I really don't know what you're able to handle. And so, you know, we, we've given you more and your name was brought up in the meeting to help you get us this deadline because you do so well and you're a high achiever, but it would be, it would be good to maybe communicate about that and, and make that clear. But are those two things that, you know, just in terms of feet forward that we can do? Yes, 100%. Thanks so much for, um, for, for understanding. Thanks for the, the opportunity to talk through this a little more. And um, like I said, I just want to want to do the best job I can for, for you and for the company. Awesome. And then what I'll do is I'll see if Bob can hop on this project. Would it be okay if Bob has some questions high level for, for me to let him know he can maybe just check in with you? Sure, that's just oh, fine. Just, okay, okay. Awesome. Thank you, Darius. Appreciate it. Um, Got it. And scene. Okay. So, you know, I tried to put a little heat, give a little pushback. Of course. Yeah. That's, that's realistic. And I, but I thought you did a good job of kind of holding your ground and, you know, reminding me the, the fictitious manager that, you know, you've been actually helping a comp working at a high level, taking on things because sometimes at, at work, when we say yes, 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 or when we're just high performers, we get more responsibility. And, you know, and then that's where maybe some of the imbalance or the boundaries, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. um, happen. But what would you say, your debrief, your analysis, any takeaways from anyone who may be, you know, yeah, one of the things that I would say is, you know, so even though you gave pushback, which I think is more, which is realistic, right? Like, and um, it probably wouldn't have been as tactful as um, <laughs> as you gave it, right? Okay, uh, <laughs> and that's a different conversation because I think uh, I think most corporate cultures are management cultures, not a leadership culture, Correct. and so some of those core, core competencies, like how to communicate a thought, is that you know, there's not a lot of, I think, training that people get on that. And so that the conversational intelligence is low. <laughs> so, but anyway, um, you are reasonable. One of the things I would say to somebody who might be in a situation where someone is not reasonable, reason doesn't work with unreasonable people. Um, but you, you want to be as reasonable as possible. And I would say this, man, I would say that, you know, another way I thought about handling that situation was to articulate to you, like, yes, like if you were to push back again, then what I've said, what I would have tried to recommend is like, okay, hey, well, is it okay then if if I come and work on this project that we could potentially find someone else to work on the project that I'm working on because I'm I'm also under a deadline, um, or is it okay if I get an extension or something along those lines? So if I if if you weren't going to let me escape, I was going to ask for an exchange, and so I think um that's another way it, it is setting a boundary right it's just the boundaries positioned differently and it looks differently but it's still accomplishing the same goal and that's making sure that i'm, I'm not overextended or overwhelmed love that Ex escape versus the exchange what did you say reasonable you can't reason with unreasonable people yeah you, can, yeah you can't reason with unreasonable people so i think i think it's naive to go into a conversation and assume that because you have the conversation properly because you articulate your thoughts clearly and because what you're saying actually makes sense that you're going to get <laughs> a favorable outcome.
because it can make sense, but it, it doesn't matter if the person you're talking to is just not sensible. And that is sometimes, mm. that's sometimes the case. <laughs> and, and, All uh, the time, yeah. yeah. And if you're working with somebody that's a manager or a leader, they got, you know, and they don't, yeah, yeah, they they don't care about you. They're just they're just not a good leader for you. And sometimes you got to do what you got to do until you, you can do what you want to do. Yeah. But um, it's really nothing. It's very little you can do to have a good experience with a bad leader. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm with you. And I always and I think this that's a good point to kind of maybe put a pin in is that, you know, we're talking about these standards, about these strategies, about these mindset shifts and things really not because we're trying to control people, right? Mm -hmm. It's because we're building a muscle. How yes. can you build the muscles and be prepared for that opportunity and that time when the, you know, everything comes into place and you are with reasonable people and you are, mm -hmm. you know, it's the practice. It's not just make it easy for me. You know, if sure. it was easy, everybody would be doing it. And so I think that's a good place to kind of book in Everything that we discussed today is like, look, do it anyway. You know, well, they're never going to go for that. Are they never? This person has 100 percent. They, they they deny everything. Well, at yeah. what point are you going to advocate for yourself? Part of this process is honoring and advocating for yourself. And I'm a big proponent of like what we can't do is be willing to listen to the podcast and develop ourselves. And, you know, we gossip at the water cooler and we complain to our significant others about everything happening at work, but we, we punk out when it's time to show up and try <laughs> to shift the dynamic, the relational dynamic. It's like, just do it. What's the worst that can happen? Are you going to get fired because you, you tried to set a boundary? Are you doing your job? Do you have your note? Like yeah. in, in some hostile work environments, Sure. But right now it is an employee's market. It's an employee's yes. market. <laughs> right. Like employers are like, please stay with us yeah. right now. You know, and so being brave and courageous and 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 being willing to just honor yourself. We, we mean at, at some point it's just about you. You ha you have to go home at night realizing that you just didn't advocate for yourself in that moment. I think that's the muscle we want to build and not just give our workplaces, give our spaces, our communities, whatever, up to the people who are out of line, you know, um, yeah. because they scare us. That's a part of the the dynamic, you know, the, sure. the defense mechanism of the person who act, acts out in a certain way because they don't want you to check them. They don't want you to hold them accountable. So 100%. yeah, yeah. Amazing. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us. Dr. Darius, tell everybody where they can um, connect with you on social media. I know that um, because you are a part of a, a national ministry and business and things like that, your, your calendar is like done for one-on-ones. You are, that's not your jam. You know, you really are expanding <laughs> your thought leadership around the world. So if there's maybe a book that you've authored that maybe can extend the discussion for folks today, as well as social media and things like that, let us know. Yep. Uh, DariusDaniels.com uh, uh, is where I would direct people as it relates to the to the websites, D-H-A-R-I-U-S, Daniels.com. And um, yeah, and that's that's the handle for everything on social on social media. I would probably recommend for this audience um, my latest. Well, I guess my latest book. Uh, I've got one coming out soon, but uh, it's called Relational Intelligence. And I think it's really relevant to the discussion that we have had today and for people who are having like difficulty 
having boundary conversations in that book. I even have some scripts that we wrote out to have some of these hard conversations that you can pull from and kind of implement in your life. And you can get that wherever books are sold. That's awesome. Well, thank you. Appreciate it. So many gems, so many nuggets, so many quotables, like the gift of gab, you know, you are a wordsmith. And I think that helped us to connect with some of the concepts and things like that. So thank you so much for being um, on the podcast today. And everybody, make sure you grab the book, Relational Intelligence. I actually have a copy, hard copy, right on my bookshelf. Um, and then and then make sure that you listen to this maybe even more than once so that you can come up with an action plan on what you actually can do in, in your workplace and go to DariusDaniels.com. Thank you again for being our guest today and I'll see you all on the next episode. Bye. The Leaderish Podcast.